Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. All right, everybody, welcome back to No More Leadership BS Podcast. This is Jeff Geyer from Phoenix Coaching with my good friends, Myra Hall. Dr. Sam Jennings, Mr. Jeff Conroy, and Mr. Jeff McLaughlin. And I'm telling you, in the green room just before we get off this podcast, are we having a good time today or what? Or what? I didn't know there was a bunch of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Five of us, you would never know it. Life is good. And so is in there some more about mindset, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to Dr. Sam in the lead position today. I talk about it, and I love this. When he brought this subject up, I think this is a great one. He said, we've all heard the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I want to talk about the squeaky wheel gets ignored. So, Dr. Sam, take it away. I know this is going to be a great episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, we've uh, warmed up our vocal cords and our brains to have a great chit-chat because of that conversation beforehand is going to show up, dear listeners, because uh, that's how we bring our energy. And when we talk about different energies you have in your workplace, sometimes it's about the nature of leadership. Sometimes it's about being a good follower. And once in a while, if you're not new to the work environment, there's a conflict. And what happens when you have that situation? No, there is better what you're talking about. No, no, no. no. Well, I'm sorry. Just places I work, we have that kind of situation <laughs> pop up. You know, like Jeff mentioned, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And sometimes that's true. And people have an opinion about that. There's another um, adage that says the nail that stands out gets hammered down. Well, so should you complain or shouldn't? What, what's the, the issue there? And then, of course, what we all know and love from grade school, snitches get stitches. Hopefully, again, not for real, get the point. So when we think about these things, the highlight is that confrontation isn't pretty. Most folks don't want to do it. Most folks don't want to have it pointed at them. So the default position is to ignore it. Ignore the conflict. Ignore the issue. And cross your fingers and squint your eyes and hope like crazy. It just magically blows away. It never, ever does. And so what's the plan? You you can't ignore it forever because forever doesn't last that long. So sometimes things come up and people have little conversations on the side. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's thinking it. Just nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to do anything. And once in a while, somebody has to. And when they do, oftentimes the response is, I'm glad you said something. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you brought it up because we were all concerned about that. So it takes a certain kind of person, certain kind of disposition to be able to do that. And let's not put forget about this angle. You need to have a certain kind of person that can receive that information. So I'm going to ask the group, please, from your points of view, what makes people so afraid 
of confrontation. That's, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to go. You're a retribution. I'll put that out here. That fear of retribution. Yep. People don't want to be the one to say something, even if it needs to be said, because they're afraid of what might happen from either leadership or from down below. And we all want to be liked. We all, we have a need as a human, Maslow's hierarchy needs. We need our group. We need the people around us. And part of that is how do you get along? It's, it's it, it, confrontation. Nobody wants confrontation. Very few people like confrontation, but confrontation is a very important part of business and success is being able to do that in a, a calculate. I don't want to say calculate, maybe calculated way is the wrong way to say it. But being able to have confrontation because you're passionate about the subject, you're passionate about the problem, the issue versus you have confrontation with personalities. That's, I think those are two different things. If you have people that are passionate about the project, it's okay to get confrontational because it's the, it's, there's nothing personal. It's, here's the goal. This is what we're shooting for. We have different ideas of how to get there. Let's hash it out. We can shout and scream and be really passionate about it. And that's fine because we're not mad at the person. We're, focusing on the problem yes, and if we can come at yeah if you can come at a confrontation of this is the issue how do we solve it versus starting to point fingers and blaming then as soon as that happens then it starts to turn into a it's just a for lack of a better word a total crap show we are the no bs leadership podcast so it's a shit show is what it is and exactly. it all very quickly yeah so yeah. and i've always I've, you know, nobody likes confrontation especially high eyes and a lot of, most of us here are high eyes don't like confrontation and i agree with mr mclaughlin is i would always address the issue and not attack the person and do your darndest because but when you start addressing the issue some people take that as a personal affront and they start attacking you and it's really hard in human nature not to attack back but as a leader, you need to remind that you're, you need to address the issue and not the person. But we've all been there. Also, the other part of it is, is climate. In the world today, there is fear. There is, we all hear the world can cancel culture and the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter and things like that. So it's, it, people are um, afraid to do anything because... Those types of things are always in the news. I'm not saying that it's uh, something we should all be afraid of, but I think a lot of us are afraid of it. I, I think there's that issue that if you're going to address a Gen, a Gen Xer, how are they going to, if I'm an older guy, which I am, and I address a, a Gen Xer, how are they going to take what I'm saying? And they may not like what I say and the way I'm doing it and accuse me. Mm -hmm. So I think there's that fear. I think right. that it, we're in an HR world right now. You know, and without getting to the uh, the meat of the movements and the issues you brought up, it's a two part issue. The confrontation is the almost after the fact. The confrontations leading to the accountability, and that's where people I think get really nervous. How to be actually held accountable for my behavior, my actions, my choices, and they don't want to be wrong because that feels bad. Maybe something went wrong, but they weren't wrong, and that's where I think folks really shy away from being able to engage in a meaningful way in topics that are difficult. And difficult is you messed it up. Or this thing, whatever this other this third party thing is is not working for us. What do we do? If you made the choice to do that other thing, it feels like you made a bad call. You made an error. It was all you. It's not always like that. Especially like you said, if you have a culture where you can set up how we do confrontation in meaningful, caring kinds of ways then that goes away. You're really talking about the problem, not the people involved. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's why, you're, that, that's why you're a doctor. Oh, yeah. stop it. A doctor of love. How do you, if you don't have that culture, Sam, but you want it, what's the first step? I, I, I guess the first step is recognizing that the culture you have isn't the one you want. But then what do you, so all these things obviously are incremental steps. And the first thing we've talked about this before, we talked about trusting your people to work from home. We don't have eyes on them, but if you have a culture set up, you should be able to trust them. So how do you establish a culture where confrontation is okay acceptable is by demonstrating it, by holding somebody accountable in an appropriate way and not having it result in anger, frustration, tears, termination, anything else that has a horrible outcome. Unless it's of course required, you don't keep people on staff who are embezzling, you let yeah. them go out the door. But if it is just or be arrested. People, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. I have I send them out the door and get your money back. Yeah, that's between you and your ISP if you're going to frisk people. That's a whole different issue. Um, but just making sure that we're having good, meaningful conversations that are about the problem at hand, not the person. But it starts with the leadership every time. If a leader doesn't know how to do that, they need to seek somebody who can help them get to that point. Because of all the skills and uh, abilities leaders need to have, it's being able to address issues in ways that don't make people want to run screaming because you won't have a team. You have a bunch of scared folks doing only and precisely what they're told to do. And no point will they be striving for the next best thing. One of the things that, that I really liked about the Boy Scouts is that we had quarterly reviews and we'd sit down with our supervisor on a quarterly basis and go over everything. So it was always an ongoing open communication conversation. Uh, so when it came to the end of the year, when we got our fa- final end of the year review, there was really no secrets. We've already been talking about it three other times. Yep. So for sure, I think that yeah. communication is everything. Right. Yeah. I have a client right now that's, that's in this very position that they're afraid of confrontation because of repercussions from above. And they really want to start changing things. But my client, they kept asking, like, they want to have a positive culture. They want to do things. And so my question is always, what can you, if you can lead by example, if you can start to accept responsibility and own your behavior and own your pro, your part of the process, that's going to rub off on other people. They're going to see that leadership. And it d- doesn't mean you don't have to be at the top. You can be the employee and still be the leader of the team because of your actions and the things that you say and do and how you do them. Lead by example. Mm-hmm. Always. Well, it's no surprise that I get my guidance, if you will, from Dr. Stephen Covey. And one of his most impactful habits to me personally was seek first, understand, and then be understood. Mm-hmm. And the, the key word there is listen. Listen with the intent of understanding. And that gives the other person emotional space where they don't feel like they're being attacked, you know, and this is, of course, after you presented the problem and not attacked the person. And, but then it's your responsibility after you've listened to them, ask appropriate questions to, to make sure they understand where you're coming from as well. And part of that is to realize that people's reactions are 99.9% of the time, not about you. And I say that with, conviction. I heard the story about the teacher, the seventh grade teacher, This and it impacted me probably for the rest of my life. It was trying to teach his little boy whatever math, I think it's switching fractions or dividing fractions or something like that when in the seventh grade. That's that's a tough one to hang on to and to learn. 
He could not get it. And he kept going. She kept going back to him and trying to explain it and trying, bringing him up to the board, just giving. Finally, she had it up to here and turned to him and said, you are just too stupid to ever get this. And that, that was a very cruel thing for her to say. And it stuck with him the rest of his life. But she wasn't, it wasn't about him. It was about her inability to teach him. She couldn't reach him. So she reacted in frustration. And that is where confrontation gets ugly. Is if you can realize it's not ever about you. It's always something that's going and try to listen and figure out what that is. Then you're halfway to fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have a friend of mine who described what he called the ugly baby syndrome. So I've worked white collar jobs where we do a lot of writing, a lot of review, and you, you write stuff and you have other people say what they got to say about it. What freaks out the writer oftentimes is you will put a lot of energy and effort into this document, this thing. You've nurtured this thing alone. You don't want to hand it to somebody, have them look at it and go, my gosh, this is an ugly baby. You don't want to hear that. So you don't give it. You don't share. You don't get feedback on it because you're afraid of that 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 type of response. But if you, like Myra just described, if you separate yourself from the work you did and say, this product, how does it look? You have somebody evaluate the product. You don't have to worry about that confrontation as much. That's not make-believe though. It doesn't hurt when somebody says, wow, this is clunky and I can't really read it. Like, ugh. Okay, there goes 20 hours of my life down the drain. But if you're looking at the problem, like we've said, the product, the issue, it helps. So that's receiving the confrontation. So from you guys and your um, experiences, what has worked for you when you've had to make that confrontation? What have you done that's been successful? It's very interesting, Sam, because I've got some family members that we disagree vehemently on certain topics and certain things and mindset. And there's all sorts of stuff. And those confrontations, there's no way that they don't get personal and ugly. There's It's just but you are more comfortable. Those are my family members. I still love them. We can yell at each other. We can be like, you're a total idiot. And well, I don't understand why you think that because gosh, what's wrong with you? I'm bigger than you are. So you're the hammer. I'm the, I'm the nail. You're the hammer. And guess who's getting clubbed? Because <laughs> I am the hammer, right? That's different than in the workplace. In the workplace, you have to have some sort of, you have to have, I would say rules to engagement, the rules to engagement. And if you can institute those, even as part of your training of, hey, Conflict is okay here, but please remember to keep the conflict to the point, not personal, to the point. If you can focus on the issue versus the person, it makes confrontation easier. Or even just seeing the verbiage, hey, this thing went wrong, we're going to talk about it, it's going to be uncomfortable, and we might have some different ideas about it, but I'm here to listen to you, to understand your point of view, and to give you our point of view as well from the management position, and let's come to a conclusion so that we can move past this. Mm-hmm. just setting it up in, in the front, being honest and saying, this is going to be uncomfortable. If they, okay, cool. This is going to be uncomfortable. Let's settle down. Okay, here we go. Calm your heart rate. All right. Here's what went wrong. Yeah. I, 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 my, my, my notes would be, maybe we don't put a value on it. Maybe we don't mm-hmm. describe how somebody will feel about it. We say this is going to be a difficult or could be a difficult conversation or critical conversation. Something that we have to do without saying, yeah, everybody's going to get weird and boogie and Buckle up because here we go. That may be okay, but we're in also the long haul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister and I have a thing where we, we it's an agreement where we say, this is not a feel good. This is not a feel good. 
this is going to be a feel good. I've gotten more confrontational as I've gotten a little bit older. I'd say I've gotten a little bit less comfortable with people's BS and started to call them out on it. And I think that makes some people uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, listen, if you're not willing to change the behavior, then there is an issue. The behavior is the problem, not you. Yep. The behavior, this specific thing is the problem, not you I care about. But if this behavior continues, this is not good for anyone. Like you have to be aware of that. And so again, it's the behavior, the issue, it's the point. Right. Not the person. And, but people, again, don't like to be called out because they do take it personally. I do too. I try and everybody does. We're, we're human beings. We don't want to be criticized. We don't want to have somebody look at our faults. But the brilliant part about being able to look at those objectively, either through a coach, a mentor, a friendship, a team, is to be able to look at those weak points and go, how do we make it better? Or how do we help you with somebody else to cover those points so that we can all be successful? Mm-hmm. So it's an uncomfortable, it can be an uncomfortable position if you're not used to it or if you're not prepared for it. But again, I think if you have a team that does really care about you as a person, that they're going to call out those behaviors and those items that are, are lacking. That's a leader's role to try and make you a better human being overall. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't, I always go with the attitude is that it doesn't have to be confrontational. Let's just have a conversation. Let's not be confrontational. Let's just talk, let's talk about the issue and how can we make it better? How do you make it better? It's me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do I support you? We've already talked about all of that. It really is the culture part. I, I want to, if I'm looking at, at, at our group here, just the, the four of you, you're screwed. You, you are, yeah, maybe the party's <laughs> over. It's people you can trust, first of all, but the culture and the, 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 yeah, culture that we have with each other attitude of respect and love and encouragement and, and all those things is part of even this small group, the No War Leadership BS podcast group, we have that. And so it almost, I demand that you tell me things that you see that aren't beneficial to me or the group or my family or my business or those things, because together we want to grow and be, we want to keep growing and get better and better all the time. And so you surround yourself or create that environment where people can say, hey, Jeff, can can I talk to you for a minute? I see something that you may not be seeing. And to Conroy's point, that doesn't necessarily have to be confrontational. Right. It, it comes from a place of I, I love and respect you and I care about you. And so we have this issue. Now, I, I translate that into to the workplace. We don't talk about love and respect in the workplace, but but in my opinion, which isn't so humble. I think you need that love and respect in the workplace. You, yeah, you don't need to run around and you know hug people all the time. That's not the kind of love we're talking about, but it's the love and respect and encouragement and, and the tough conversations when you need to have them. And if you have the right culture, again, to Conroy's point, it isn't going to be confrontational. It's going to be a discussion that helps us move forward. Have a so, constructive conversation and not a destructive conversation. Right, here you go. Yes, absolutely. So to that point, we're futzing with words a little bit. In my prior life, I did uh, some really pretty difficult hearings with the college students and their behavior, sometimes ending it with expulsion. The process was one where I took all the information in, it had a board, had a whole thing, we all just reviewed all the information and came up with an outcome and had a whole hearing in the thing. But there was a interest in moving it more toward a lawyerly, legal-looking process. My argument was, I don't want an antagonistic situation in already a heated discussion. Yes. Let's just have this conversation. And that ended up being the model that we used. 
Uh, but just to, to your your points you're making is that confrontation doesn't mean antagonism necessarily. It's accountability and it's concern. And it's making sure yeah. we are all getting better with every step we can take. And if you biff it, it's okay to say so and go, man, I did screw that up. I didn't see it at the time, but looking back, yeah, sure enough. And so it's the giving and receiving of this feedback that will just make us all a little bit better as a team. Love it. And that strengthens the relationship. I'm thinking that even on a personal level of somebody does or said something, it could be even family members. And if you say, hey, can I chat with you? What you said there, or what you did yesterday or last week or on our camping trip or something really impacted me this way. And I, I assume you didn't mean that. In fact, I, I love you well enough. That I don't even think you were doing it, but I wanted to let you know that it impacted me in this way. And th- that's how relationships grow. Right. Yep. So when you, again, you, from your experiences, when you know the confrontation has to happen, when there is that accountability, how do you gear yourself up for that discussion? What do you do to try to think through how this is going to land, how they might respond, and uh, no drinking on the job is not an answer? Okay. <laughs> you know, what I do, Sam, is, and I've had more than my share of difficult conversations, is try not to think that I'm right. I actively try to discard that and listen to what the other person has to say first before I make a decision if I push my part of the agenda or if they have a point. Mm-hmm. So um, that's ego can get in the way. And pretty soon you're in a battle of the wills of who's right here. And we never took the time to hear the other side. Have you ever had a person eat? Because <laughs> I go me, in and I see that too. I am right and you are wrong. And that is why I sing this song. I told you so. I told you so. Uh, 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 I told you so. And I gloat. So <laughs> just going to say, put that out there. It's a family thing. How does that work for you? <laughs> Far pretty good. I've been used on me a number of times as well. You haven't seen your family. In- Whenever it comes over, like Thanksgiving dinner. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the first question I ask is the bar open? And then what are we serving for dinner? And then if those two questions are not answered in the appropriate order and with the appropriate number of drinks, then no, it's a no-go. It's a hard pass. Yeah, yeah. Hard pass. (laughs) Sorry, I've got laundry to do. Right. When you go in and you're seeking clarification or understanding, have you ever had a situation that, not ever, but can you imagine a situation that the person hears the question and then tries to anticipate that you're going to try to corner them and so it comes out hot instead of just answering your question? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's where I go back to the, that habit, seek first to understand. Mm-hmm. I, I try to stay curious mm-hmm. uh, and just and notice instead of reacting, I respond. Right. Now, am I good at it 100% of the time? No, sometimes yeah. And I, I react, but I really, I love Dr. Covey's way of defining responsibility. You have the ability to, between being uh, triggered and reacting, you have that little space in there that you can respond instead of react. Mm-hmm. And if you stay curious about them and not make it about you, then I, I have found 99% of the time that it gives them a comfort level that you're really caring about what they have to say. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, an example of curiosity is not, so I, I heard your response. I'm just curious, fundamentally, what's wrong with you? But that's not the right kind of curiosity research. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that? 
I'm taking notes as you speak, actually. Um, okay, got it. <laughs> what's going in on uh, going on in their life. Right. And, and whatever the situation is, outside forces that you're not aware of could be affecting it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's just no getting to it either because people are so locked up in improving that they're right. That's the biggest problem I've had is when ego gets in the way, then usually shuts off a conversation. How do you, is there a way to be strategic, intentional? Okay, those are not right words. Is there a way to be delicate around somebody who's just, let's call it out, a total asshole? Like, how do you deal with that person? I've seen teams where like the very, per, the, the best person, like the, the best, they're, they're the top salesperson on the team, but they are a cancer for the entire team. The rest of the team is suffering because of their activities, their behaviors, the way they treat people, the way they do things. And you just got to, how do you bite the bullet and have that conversation with a person that's just downright hostile and n- not kind? Nobody likes them. How do you deal with that? I have to jump in here because sometimes they're perceived as hostile and they're really just a high D. I'm just putting it out of there. <laughs> a big D. They're big Ds. They're just, they are more task force, uh, task oriented than they are people oriented. And that brings up lots of conflicts. And the direct person is hard for a lot of people to, to not re- react to because they feel like they're being challenged and they just want to get the job done. I, just, I had to throw that out there because I think the misconception that somebody, and, and I know there are people that are just carry a chip around on the shoulder and be attacked, but sometimes it's a misconception too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and to, to Gio's point, if they're just a jerk, and I'm not suggesting that um, you know it's, it's terminal, but if it's bringing down the whole team, it's a situation that's been, I think, reviewed many times where sometimes you're a high producer, but you're wrecking everybody else. So where can you be successful? Because it doesn't look like it's going to be here unless you can change behavior in a meaningful way. And having folks understand somebody's disposition is good, but not to the point of accepting a, a level of abuse just because that's how that person is. And that's not hittable either. Right. right. And I'm points. I'm not talking about accepting. I'm just talking about understanding where it's coming from so that then you can work out a, a mutual understanding is what it is. Oh, I see. I need to dial that back a little. I had no idea. That's just how I do. And I've seen that. I Especially if you get somebody that is high in the driver and real low in the, in the steady, they, they're, they're going constantly. And they leave, they leave people in their wake all the time. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They, they just plow right through it because they're task oriented. Mm-hmm. And the low, steady, and the high driver, it, it just and amplifies that particular issue. Well, how do we learn how to deal with conflict? And it's probably from our parents or our you know friends when we were growing up or maybe in school or something like that. Not probably too much intentional education on how we learn how to deal with conflict, which took me to the next question is why is that? And I think that's because, and we've been talking about it here, it's a very complex issue and there is no single answer or no overarching thing that, well, just do this in every situation and it'll be fine. This is a complex, very complex issue. 
Right. And there's no reason not to have training it from your first time employees on up the chain. And I say that because I come from a, a field where I did have training in this as 20 years old, going into our student rooms to con- literally confront behavior and sometimes illegal activity. And they were my peers. So how do you do that? Well, there's processes and there's language. So what I hear somebody say now that they just learned about using I statements, like, whoa, whoa, you <laughs> were the same age. You just learned about how did you get this far without hearing about it? That's just because I was trained that from the beginning. It just became a part of how I go about the process. But I need to step back and realize that not everybody's had that. Again, for our audience and for uh, your friends in particular, if you know that the confrontation is a hard and difficult thing to do and therefore it's avoided, get some training. Ask for help. And it's not just, um, here's how to do it. This is the answer. Boop, done. It's practice. And it's role-playing. And it's trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and deal with the emotions of that. How'd that feel? It doesn't always feel warm and toasty, but you can get more comfortable and more competent to get to a decent outcome. Yeah, that's perfect, Dr. Sam. That is perfect. I wonder where people could go to get that kind of... I've heard about this one place. Oh, they have an email. It's ask us at leadershipbs.co. <laughs> there you go. And he hits it out of the park. That's right. If you type this in, I'm not kidding. You type it in, it looks all funky. A-S-K-U-S. It's ask us, but it looks weird. It looks like some sort of Greek word. Ask us at leadershipbs.co. And shoot us your questions, your concerns, your issues, confront confrontations, whatever you got, because we want to hear feedback. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to serve you. If you're taking your time to listen to this, let's make sure we're doing it well for you. Wrap up our discussion on um, confrontation. Just recap. There is no long-term great reason to avoid a confrontation because if there is a great one, it's not an issue. It's just a discussion you want to have. But if there's a actual problem, accountability, an issue, letting it go doesn't make it go away. It just makes it a delayed interaction you have to have anyway. So deal with it early, get it resolved, and move on. Yep. Friends, how else can we help our listeners in these last few moments with their confrontation ideation. Don't shy away from it. Learn to embrace it. Yep. Learn to dig in and, and, and understand. Go for, Come from a place of understanding and compassion and go from there. Do the best you can with what you got. Yeah, the imagery I had when, when you were summing up there, Sam, is you can deal with this little campfire or you can not pay attention to it and come back later and you'll be dealing with a forest fire. So yep. um, it, it's much easier to to get it in the front end before it gets blown way out of compor- out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it's difficult, and we would love, like you said, we would love to help you if you're listening to this and you go, "Man, that's right where I am with this person or this issue." Reach out to us; we'd love to help you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to leave it with: stay curious. Mm-hmm. Stay curious. Don't make it about you because it's never about you. Just keep the situation in mind and stay curious about how the other side, what what their problem is, what their involvement is, what they are contributing to the problem so that you can understand how to fix it. Mm-hmm. We're in a world with humans, so we're going to have confrontation. And when their issue comes up, they're not going away. We can only control how we approach the situation. So we are the No More Leadership BS podcast. Again, one more time for the, those in the back. Email us, give us your concerns, your questions, your issues at askus at leadershipbs.co. And with that, we'll say thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.